Hey, just wanted to give a shout out to Zombie13 for allowing us to use his cover of Crush's theme song. We're actually using that to rib our guests a little bit because he absolutely can't stand Crush. So thank you again, Zombie13. Go check out all his great covers on YouTube. We'll actually post a link in the description. And without further ado, let's get to episode 11. Can he fool your thoughts? All right, happy Thanksgiving to all our fans in the U.S. This is episode 11 of a Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast, Playboy Buddy Rose's favorite wrestling podcast. Now brought to you by the Blowaway Diet, because God knows we'll all need it on Black Friday. Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) How does this this Blowaway Diet work? I'll probably have to post a link to it in the description, but it's essentially you putting on uh, a lot of powder and blowing it away, sitting in front of a fan, it blows away. So it's it's pretty awesome. But uh, this is episode 11 of uh, Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast, Brandon, the podcast where before we went on air, you revealed to me that you have a huge crush on Kyrie Saint. Oh my gosh. I was like searching the internet just <laughs> by chance. Uh, Did mother walk it? Not yet. <laughs> but I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen. Anyhow, I was looking. I didn't realize they all, like, you know, they model. So we have a special guest, Brandon, that's actually waiting in the shadows right now. Huh. I think we'll go to him right away because I need to get away from your whatever your mind is doing right now. Uh, so we actually have Wesley Avendano from Flashback Wrestling here with us now. I don't know if you all know this. If you're watching the video version of this podcast, this man has never, ever revealed his face to his audience. So he's doing something special with us today. Wesley Avendano, how are you, man? What's up, Kenny? It's a pleasure to be on, man. What in the blue <laughs> hell is that? Oh, yeah, dude. You know the old luchador tradition. You you got you can't let your face be seen. That's how I get down, bro. Flashback wrestling. <laughs> this is great. I, d- I didn't expect the mask, and you are a true luchador, my friend. But but for your podcast, Kenny, for your podcast, I'm going to let you Eric Bischoff the fuck out of me. I will be the movie <laughs> and, the, and, and the Ray to your show. And here we go, dude. Uh, no. <gasps> I'm done, dude. Oh, my God. Hey, whoa, what, what were you hiding for, buddy? What? You're a good-looking guy. That's tradition, bro. It's it's <laughs> tradition. I can't. I had to. Brandon, you put the mask on. You yeah, need it. I need it. <laughs> uh, I'm really happy to be on, bro. For real, uh, honestly, I'm. Uh, Dude, I'm excited. I know. I was just about to say that. I've actually been looking forward to having you on. I've, I've been almost crossing out the days. <laughs> Brandon's, yeah. Brandon's wearing his hat on his face right now. So thanks nice. for that visual, Brandon. Nice. So I'm if really you have excited. The, yeah. If you're watching the video version this week, you're going to have a great time because it's already off to a horrible start. (laughs) But man, I've been looking forward to you being on this podcast, man. And the reason you're on is because you went to NXT TakeOver this weekend, right? Yeah, dude. I was lucky enough to be one of the people in the crowd for NXT TakeOver War Games 2. I was extremely close, which I felt so lucky for. Like I'd never been that close in my life. Uh, I actually wrote an article on it. Uh, if you guys want to ever check it out, I'm going to do a shameless plug, dude. I have to. No, go uh, ahead. It's wrestlingexaminer.com. Uh, it's called My Trip to NXT TakeOver War Games 2. Catchy title, right? Uh, definitely. Check it out if you guys have, have a chance, but I'm definitely here to talk all about the experience. And it was, man, one amazing experience that I didn't think 
whatever really get topped or match. And then the very next night, dude, my wife ended up surprising me with tickets again. And we ended up going to Survivor Series 2, which was another amazing experience, bro. So, I mean, I can't I can't wait to, to talk all about it right here with you because it, it was an awesome weekend. And dude, we we lucked out because, you know, obviously when you were coming on the podcast, it's like, oh, cool. He went to TakeOver. So we'll we'll talk all the other stuff and then we'll throw to you to talk about TakeOver. But then you I basically looked on your story on Instagram at Flashback Wrestling. Let's plug that. Yeah, uh, let's plug that. Flashback <laughs> Wrestling on Instagram at FBW Podcast on Twitter. <laughs> I love this guy. He's got it all memorized. He's throwing it out there. Love the plugs, buddy. But you actually went to Survivor Series, and I was like, holy crap, this is the luckiest guy in the world. And I have to sit there and watch it with Brandon. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the, I'm the luckiest husband in the world, dude. I'll put it that way. My wife surprised me first with the NXT tickets, and then she ended up surprising me with the with the Survivor Series tickets. That's is your awesome, wife man. also a big wrestling fan? Uh, she got into the product, obviously, when we got together. And, I mean, at first, she, she, she had been familiar with it. She had seen it a little bit as a kid, too, but... She's definitely gotten more into it after after we you know we got married and stuff and and, and then started dating. So I, I'd like to say she's she's a pretty good she's a pretty big fan of it right now. So that that segues me actually into something I want to ask you, which is I mean, you know, on your podcast we talk a, a lot of old school wrestling there, but we don't really get to hear about you, man. So I wanted to ask. I'm sure maybe if I listen to some earlier episodes, you do, but. I wanted to ask about you, you know, how long you've been watching wrestling. Oh man. Oh, let's see. My journey with this crazy thing called professional wrestling started when I was uh, maybe like four, four or five. One of those days, uh, one of my cousins ended up putting in VHS of WrestleMania nine and everybody's favorite WrestleMania, right? Uh, WrestleMania nine. And I just remembered Caesar's palace. I remember Bobby, the brain Heenan coming in on the camel backwards. I remember the macho man, getting carried in just looking you know what i'm saying like like royalty i remember taker coming out with that uh with that condor whatever it was like crow whatever it was that he right. that bird that he came out with uh i remember the two doinks obviously your boy crush uh <laughs> my Hogan boy crush. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't understand what, what what he's talking about you need to listen to what episode is that the million dollar man episode i would yeah it's I, the I, million I would... dollar man episode and then like pretty much every episode you've been on ever since and then a couple of instagram posts too so <laughs> the story is kind of my rib on you at this point <laughs> yeah at this one it's just a, it's an ongoing rib that we like to revisit now and then but yeah man i remember Wrestle, wrestlemania 9 vividly and then uh, after that, it kind of turns into like a scary moment, not a scary moment, but I guess just a, a child moment. Uh, the Undertaker, there's like a big earthquake in Northridge in 1994 or something like that. And so that's the rumble that Undertaker and Yokozuna end up competing in in, in that casket match. So there was a VHS for whatever, for whatever reason just flown around there too. And then, you know, the Undertaker thing happens and then I'm scared of him for like forever, forever, forever as a kid. I, after Dude, that, I was then, I was scared of wrestling. the Undertaker too, man. Like I used who, to hide under the bed. Right? Yeah, when I was at, I think WrestleMania nine when he came out with the bird, I was like hiding under the bed. I'm like, the hell is that? <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. And then after that, for whatever reason, like because you're a kid, you don't control what you see. Like it just it just happened to be fate that they put those tapes on and and, and whatever at that time. So wrestling's kind of not like not in my life like that consistently until WrestleMania thirteen. Then it's my choice. And then oh, wow, That's a big guy. Then you know what I'm saying, like. Then it's it's from then from that point on I'm every I don't miss a raw I don't miss a, you know what I'm saying like any any Saturday mornings like you know what I'm saying the superstars or anything like that like I become a hardcore consistent fan 
from that point forward from WrestleMania 13. And that, that makes me actually wonder, you know, what, what made you want to start a podcast? Like what made you personally want to start a podcast about wrestling? I mean, obviously we, we all have a love for it. So that much is obvious. Well, me and you, maybe, maybe not so much Brandon, but well, you know, I like podcasts. <laughs> the story starts a couple of years ago, honestly, dude. Uh, I took a day off from work. I uh, ended up coming across this website called wrestlingexaminer.com. I ended up meeting Jaime, who's a guest on, who's been a guest on my podcast before. He's one of the uh, senior editors at wrestlingexaminer.com. Um, coming across Jaime, crossing paths with Jaime, and I wrote a sample article for him, sent it in. It was about like John Cena's run coming to an end. It was just wishful thinking because it's like three years ago now, dude. Right. He's it never did come around. to an end. <laughs> it never did come to an end. Uh, but he liked it. He liked it enough to be like, all right, man, you know, I have a website. Why don't you, you know, write for my website? So my first article was called, Why uh, Is Seth Rollins the Modern Day Triple H? And from then on, uh, I started writing a few articles here and there. And I started noticing that people like nostalgia and people were responding more to my, my like, you know, retrospectives of wrestlers' careers. So that's kind of what I started to focus on. And that started putting me like in a, I, I just, I don't know, man. Like it, it was, it was like being a, a kid all over again and rediscovering my love for pro wrestling all like over that. again, because I was I like reliving it as an adult. And when I did it, I was like, you know what, man? And obviously I'm not, I'm not even gonna lie. Bruce Pritchard inspired me a lot. His, <laughs> his podcast, the, the fact, what it was, was confirmation for me. It was that people do still care about the old stuff. You know right. what I'm saying? There's a market for that. Because before that, there really wasn't a market for people talking old stuff like that. And obviously, I'm not Bruce Pritchard, and obviously, I wasn't there. But I like to feel like I have a little bit of a unique take on on what what, what happened there, or, or you know what I'm saying? Like so, yeah, definitely. I, I felt like my take was was unique enough. Like I was getting good enough responses through my articles and stuff like that. People liked it, so I figured, you know, why not try it? And here we are today, man. That's cool, man. Because you can you can actually see our inspirations based on our answers there. I mean, like I can definitely see some Bruce Pritchard in your podcast. And you can probably it's it's probably no surprise that I was inspired by ENC's Pot of Awesomeness to kind of yeah, do our style. Definitely, definitely. I, I mean, I it, it, very early on. Right, it's kind of obvious, you know, where we where we drew our inspiration from, and um, you know, that leads me to a, another question, which is, I mean, dude, you, I launched, you know, the Instagram page, um, and like maybe day two, you were following us, and you, so you've been like here following our page and listening to our episodes from the very beginning so one i want as a friend i want to thank you and two, thank you <laughs> no what, problem you know guys. what what made you follow us like what made you say like hey i'm going to take a chance on these guys podcast when they don't have any followers their mics barely work this brandon guy sounds like an asshole like what made you <laughs> what made you want to want to take a chance on us well, I've, as I've told you before, Kenny, I'm a huge pun guy, and your name immediately popped out off of, you know what I'm saying, like scrolling through names or whatever. However, I honestly don't know how it was. If it was like you commented on something that I, uh, I'm sorry, or someone's page that I already followed, or or if I saw you just, I honestly don't really, like you maybe you liked something or, or you happened to, I, I'm not sure how it came up, but I saw the name. I saw a Kenny for your thoughts podcast and i was like oh okay well you know if it's popping up on my on my on my flashback wrestling page then it's got to be wrestling really so i just clicked on it and i was like okay this seems interesting and i was already in the in the phase of, of my podcast of my show where i was going to start bringing on guests and so i had to start doing a little research and a little you know you know doing my homework and due diligence i wanted to see who 
I don't want to be like it's worthy of being on the show, but yeah, kind of is worthy right. of, of coming on. No, and talking to dude, dude, say worthy because I think we all treat this, you know, like our I'm podcast, like <laughs> we we treat it like our babies. You know what I mean? This this is something that we brought up from the ground up. And one, I just want to say I'm really inspired because you know yours has been so successful. So I, you know, me and Brandon aspire to be like that. And two, it's just like it's kind of crazy. It's like. I consider you a really good friend and I think you you've said that to me too and it's just like it's just you happen to stumble on our page we talk some wrestling and now it's like hey cool no yeah for sure dude I, I told you after the first episode we had the, the chemistry was there for sure Definitely, um yeah. I, I I could feel when, when when we were talking I mean some stuff we agreed on the first episode was a, a lot of agreeing and we were you know what I'm saying both trying to put each other over and then the second time you were on there was a little more brandon was on with us and there was a little more like okay cool now we, we don't see eye to eye on everything which makes it fun and then by the third episode we're already like oh come on kenny and you're like oh come on wes i know you don't feel that way that's when you go to like a friend's house the first time they offer you a drink and food and stuff and then by the third time you come over they're like you know where the fridge is you know you'll exactly. grab your stuff and come sit your ass back down except Sometimes brandon I who i have to hand home. deliver yeah, yeah. Brandon, I still have to hand deliver his soda, so maybe I shouldn't use that example. Hey, Brandon, let a little sidebar there. Why don't you tell Wes that you finally got your Czech soda? We we actually went and watched Survivor Series at one of our listeners' house. So it, what's really That's cool? Awesome. It's uh, yeah, we actually went to his house and, and watched it, and he had brought Brandon uh, Czech soda, which I actually posted on her Instagram. Oh man, it That's was great, just, dude. It was so good. <laughs> it went down so smooth. Like it was great. I love, I love the listener. Don't hey, so, cut our guest off, Brandon. What, what, what were you saying, Wesley? I said I love the listener interaction. I don't know. I have a question for Brandon. Hey, what's up with the what's up with you not responding to my boy with my boy Kenny's uh, text, dude? You just let it go to to that auto reply. I'm driving. Thank uh, you. No, wait, wait. wait, what was this? Hey, like epi- the last two episodes. <laughs> the last two episodes, right? <laughs> no, you know he he thought I was just copy and pasting it, but <laughs> was it? My car really sent them. It was just my phone had died. So your before. car sends me text messages. Yeah, that's it, what it you d- just said. <laughs> my phone died, and when I plugged it into the car charger, it turns on, it receives his text, and then it auto sends from the Bluetooth. It makes me seem know, like dude. a jackass, but uh, no, I really, I. I I swear. That sounds real complicated, dude. I would never leave the guy like, hanging like that. That sounds like Vince Russo booking, bro. <laughs> yeah, I bro. I tried to swerve him. <laughs> yeah, the whole time I thought he was going to be a babyface co-host, and he swerved me right at the end. He's a heel. <laughs> Just like Survivor Series 98. <laughs> nice. I got uh, one question for uh, Wesley. Um, to, you know you're into the old school stuff um do you like tape trade and do all sorts of crazy stuff like that do you like know some guy go <laughs> you back mean back in the get... day though i mean I'm, I'm sure he uses the network now no, well yeah that's what i'm wondering like do you use like combination of like the network or, like you know people that have like old stuff memorabilia or whatever that you can get a hold of or wesley i think he's i think he's fanboying right now i think he's just thinking no. that you're this really complicated individual who is sending for tapes in japan and stuff like that when, yeah that's what i'm wondering Brandon, yeah. you realize we have streaming services available <laughs> at like, our yeah, fingertips no, no. now is this 94 or something what the hell no i was i was obviously a little too young to do that back in the day i was never in the tape trading uh i watched most of my sh- i was lucky enough that my parents had a, an illegal black box so when i was getting <laughs> 
<laughs> I, grew, I, I did too. I didn't say that in another paper. episode, but I did too. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I we don't have to pay for our pay per views. So I got the WCW pay per views. I got the ECW pay per views. I got the WWF pay per views. Like I, wow. that's how I kept up on a lot of stuff back in the day. And then obviously it was on television in the heyday, all, all, all that stuff. And then after that, you know, TNA would be on. And they'd have their monthly, their their weekly pay per views, and I really wasn't down with that. I was still a kid at the time, so WWE kind of took over there for a minute. But then after that, like like. Kenny said, once you get the streaming systems, man, and now I've re- pro wrestling so accessible nowadays. You you can go on any on YouTube and catch the latest Lucha Underground. You can go on Hulu and catch, you know, what I'm saying the, the latest WWE in a condensed form. You can go on, you know, what I'm saying ROH has their their on their website. You can watch it for free. You can watch it on the Fight app. There's like there's so much stuff. New Japan has a streaming service. So does T. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. I, I promise I wouldn't call them TN anymore. I always do it. So does Impact Wrestling. So you know, what I'm saying. Hey, so, hey look look at the shirt. A lot of ways to digest it. <laughs> Brandon, I'm the true TNA fan here. I'm actually wearing a TNA shirt. TNA, TNA. <laughs> not, not to cut you off, Wesley, but yeah, definitely, man. It's everything's so accessible now. It's it's to the point where I wonder why Brandon is not bigger a bigger wrestling fan than he is. Brandon actually, pretty much uses my password to watch the network. So wait, I do. do I have he doesn't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need that password, bro. This is over. <laughs> Hey, come on, dude. Let's all be real. Who isn't splitting a network subscription with somebody at this point? <laughs> Me, apparently, because oh, it's not using the password. <laughs> I will give you something, though, dude. I have a pretty, I do have a pretty sweet Hasbro's collection, and uh, I got a pretty sweet connect for that. I'm, I mean, I'll shoot, I'll shoot it to you off air if you ever want. Yes. I don't know if like that. So he sold to some pretty big guys, dude. Zach Ryder, um, Sam Roberts, and oh. stuff. So he's. The, the guy's pretty he's pretty big de- in the he's a pretty big deal in the toy collecting and toy you know selling industry so can we get him to make a brandon figure is that something that we possibly can do i don't know dude i don't maybe i i would have to ask him but hey i don't know he might, might be something he's open to i'm not sure but I, mean, I, just wanted to throw, I wanted to throw brandon a little bone there because I, I feel like he wanted me to like to be super connected and stuff i don't know that's what i was wondering well can he hook it up with like a repo man figure <laughs> I mean, you'd have to pay for it, but I'm sure he 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 would have it for sure. I know that. Oh, Brandon, snap. Brandon, you, get, you need to stop asking for free stuff on the podcast. <laughs> I might replace you just for that. He's always asking for free stuff, and I'm like, I know he's over here trying to get like second. He's trying to get my word that that I can get him some for free. For right, back. exactly. Like, <laughs> like, like, what is this? <laughs> I mean, everybody's got connects here, man. I'm feeling good. I got some check soda from this one guy. I'm getting hooked up with some toys from you. This is good. No, man, I'm telling you, I'm just, I like I always tell Kenny, dude, I'm I'm, a, I'm an average guy that just fucking my Instagram page took off and now I'm, you know what I'm saying? I have a little bit of modest Instagram success, so that's pretty no, much man. it. It's it's awesome like just to I think in the time I've known you like you've gone up like a thousand followers. So I mean, it's something to shoot for, which by the way, guys, we're we're at like what 250 followers, guys. C- come on, get us into the thousands here. <laughs> so yeah, follow us at a Kenny for your thoughts podcast. And uh, we post, you know, current stuff. Uh, follow Wesley's page because he posts, uh, you know, more back in the day stuff. I mean, duh, flashback wrestling, and it's pretty yeah, awesome. I, I, I post stuff from freaking, you know, what I'm saying like the Attitude Era to, you know, the NWA days to some all out. One of the clips that I'm it, it, that I'm the most proud of is like an old uh, DiBiase and Hogan clip from '79 in the Garden when Hogan was the heel and DiBiase was the face. Is like his pre weird right? man run. And there's just like little clips like that, or like a recent one that I posted of like uh, the the Road Warriors uh, blinding Dusty Rhodes with with their Dude, shoulders that clip. and stuff like that. Oh like, man, I saw that and I was like, I, I've seen it before, but it's like, oh, it's so brutal to watch. No matter how kayfabe it is, it's so brutal to watch. 
So yeah, if you guys love old wrestling moments, like I, I like to keep it. There's I always used to tell people this. There's no algorithm to figure out what I'm gonna post. It's literally like whatever I think of in that moment, and then I just go get it and I post it. Like so, if if you guys want a little bit of a random trip down memory lane, definitely follow my page, dude. It's it's pretty it's a pretty fun follow at Flashback Wrestling on Instagram at FBW Podcast on Twitter. Nice. Can you give us a little preview of what the uh, next article might be about? Um, here's the thing, dude. I don't, I started off as a writer. I'm a, um, T-Pain used to say he was a rapper turned Sanga. I'm a, I'm a writer turned podcaster because <laughs> it's been like the last article I wrote was obviously the one I just put out about my trip to NXT TakeOver and War Games. And I'm actually pretty proud of it because it's the first article that I've written in a minute, dude. I, I'm it so was busy. great. I actually, I didn't tell you that, but I, I actually did read it. And, uh, just, I just like your way of writing the way you use your words and stuff. It's very descriptive and, uh, I liked it. Like I really liked it. And and it's not to say you're a bad podcaster at all, but like I actually think your writing is better than your podcasting, and that's saying something. Thanks, bro. I appreciate that. A lot of people give me compliments on my writing, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty I'm, I'm at the point where I just I, I assume they're just everyone's just lying to me and shit. But no, I, I appreciate <laughs> that a lot. <laughs> I, I pretty much paid for all those people to tell you you're a good writer. Yeah, but, I know, uh, man. Brandon, you want to? I wish hit... I had more time to write. Honestly, I, re I really, I really wish I did, but. Only so many hours in the day, man. I know you're always at work. Every time I talk to you, I don't know how you're texting me at work, but it's <laughs> we're both working yeah, and we're always, both doing I'm these podcasts. Working, bro, I promise. I'm, I'm always working. And then when I'm not working and, you know what I'm saying, then I have a little bit of free time, I try to put together the best podcast I can. And it's, it's a little hard sometimes, but yeah, I mean, fuck, I wish I could, I wish I could write more, dude. It's really how I started getting into this and it's really, I'm not going to lie, bro. I, I'm, I, I will admit it to you. I'm a better writer than I am podcaster. <laughs> It's really my preferred medium, but it's just not fast. Oh, that's awesome, man. It, it shows. And it, it takes shows. me forever. It takes me forever, <laughs> yeah. dude. You're a perfectionist. Yeah, I, I really am. And I'm the type of person that will write something and then go back and change the entire fucking thing. So dude, that's, that's so why cool because I think we're the opposite on that. Like I, I, with <laughs> writing, I'm like a one and done and I can just knock it out of the park like one time. But with podcasting, I'm like, oh, God, I got to edit this in. I got to do this. And, like, I never just chill and just let it flow sometimes. I'm like, oh, trust so me, I'm, I'm such not, a perfectionist. I'm not that way with podcasting either. So I'm, I'm <laughs> I can't let it flow either. There's a lot of editing that goes into my podcast. There's, so, Brandon, always... um, I you did tell me that you wanted to uh, do a poem as Hulk Hogan for Wesley, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Wesley. I mean, do you mind doing it? <laughs> No, no, no I thought you were gonna do it for Wesley. Oh, I gotta do it for Wesley. Yeah. A oh. Hulk Hogan themed poem. Yeah. Uh listen here, brother. Eat your vitamins and don't let your daughter date black men. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yes. Well, it just so happens, Brandon and Kenny, that I happen to be wearing one of the exclusive yes. flashback wrestling shirts, and it just happens to be red and yellow the color of hulk hogan so i mean if you don't mind I'm, i'll cut a promo right now as the hulkster I mean, <laughs> yes, please do it please well let me tell you something brother this is the hulkster on a kenny for your thoughts podcast hanging out with my main dudes kenny majid and brandon brown and i'll tell you what back at wrestlemania 3 i picked up that big giant andre and i slammed him in the silver dome in front of ninety thousand people dude so let me tell you what what you're gonna do what you gonna do when Flashback Wrestling and Wesley Avendano come on the Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast and run wild on you? 
Hell yeah. I don't know if you could see Brandon uh, that whole time, but he the whole time he's got his face buried. He's laughing so hard. So <laughs> so Brandon liked it. I liked it. Thanks for doing that, buddy. You don't you don't do that Hogan impression a lot on your podcast. I don't do very many impressions, dude, on my podcast. So there you go. So you should feel that's the third reason to feel special right there, man. And I wore I wore my red and yellow uh flashback wrestling tee just for this occasion because I knew I was gonna probably end up doing Hogan. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Thanks for that. We probably have one more impression to have you do, but we'll save that for the right moment. <laughs> we probably should talk some NXT. That's the whole reason you, you came on the podcast yeah, was to it, talk man. TakeOver, I'm right? So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Let's do it. Staples Center, NXT TakeOver War Games. What was your overall thoughts on the show? Yes, dude. The Staples Center, my home arena. I've had so many great memories there, wrestling and others. Um, it was amazing, bro. I, the minute I walked in, the energy was off the off the charts. You could just feel the buzz. Um, man, how can I explain it? Like, I kept I kept walking down and down because I, I mean I these are the best seats I've ever had, man. So I walk in, I'm getting to my I'm getting into the lower level, and the guy just goes like, okay, you know, walk to to this certain row or whatever. So I keep walking and walking and walking. Me and my wife keep walking, and we I keep looking for the level, and it's just not coming up. And I'm it's like, oh shit, coming, we're getting pretty. Yeah. We're pretty, we're getting pretty close here, dude. And we were legit like the very next section, right? Like there's the announcers, the seats, like the front row seats right next to the announcers. We were boom, right there, right after that, dude. It was so close. It was so awesome. It's the closest, like I said, I've been ever since, since Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground is the only other time I've been so close to the action. But as you can already imagine, Lucha Underground is a really close, confined, you know, area. This is the closest I've ever been. The arena was packed. You know what I'm saying? absolutely packed they were chanting before before anything happened before one person even came out the pre-show was pretty good obviously i don't know i'm sure you guys saw it the matt riddle kicking the show off against, yeah uh, oh Cassius that was Zona. great that was bro. bro bro so, so you mentioned Lucian dude, underground he is, so over. he is so over already dude well he wasn't also in california i mean come on now like yeah. that was the perfect place to have him come out but just before you we spin off a little bit too much I did want to give a shout out to Marty DeMoth, who actually follows our Instagram page, the Lucha Underground Champion, right now, isn't he? So no, it's it's uh, Savage Jake Strong now. I knew that. I knew that. Who also shops at Brandon, where Brandon uh, works. So I'll <laughs> gotta plug yes. him somehow. But uh, Marty yes. DeMoth actually likes a bunch of our stuff, which I thought was pretty cool. Like I mean, I used to That's watch him awesome. in his Tough Enough days. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so going back to to Matt Riddle. Yeah, that place exploded when you came out, right? Yeah, it was it, it was popping as soon as Matt Riddle came out. Uh, obviously, the match was really fast. It was a, a one-hitter quitter, but it was still really good, man, and a lot of people popped. I've said it in my article, dude. Riddle's over. He's got all the tools, all the stuff that I think Vince McMahon looks for, the WWE looks for, the Triple H kind of earmarks too. He's got the look. His promos could get a little stronger, but that's going to happen in NXT. He's going to get better. Uh, his ring ring work is, is there. His presence is off the fucking charts, bro. His ring presence, especially for being so new to the sport, like he's really, he's gotten really he's good. He's got it. He definitely has it. Yeah. That's the easy way to, the quick way to say it is he's got it for sure, dude. And man, he, he, he was, he was definitely a treat because I didn't think we were going to see him. So that, that was definitely awesome. Yeah. I mean, do you think they're just going to match? Do you, you think they're just going to uh, hot shot him like to the main roster or are they going to? I hope not, dude. I think he's someone that'll benefit from a year, at least okay. a year. 
Yeah, I could agree with that because I think, uh, you know, like like you said, he is new to the business. So, you know, why not hone your craft in NXT and then come up as a polished product? And it's not to say that he needs a lot of time, but, you know, if he's this good now with some seasoning, he could be even better. He can be one of the it stars, you know, uh, in the near future. So, Absolutely, dude. So, um, you know, maybe not to stray too far, but, you know, obviously in the main event, Ricochet had had the most amazing spot what was i kept imagining what that was like in person dude oh my god first of all like i'll run you through the bullet points of the week because i know we still got to cover some survivor series too let me run you through the bullet points of the night gargano and 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 uh black absolutely surpassed my expectations i said it in my article match of the year that shit was Uh hard hitting and when you're in the live crowd obviously you don't get the announcers you don't get that benefit of that and so for a match to be able to tell a story, like you could tell exactly, I didn't even have to hear the announcers and I knew what was going on because Alistair Black and Gargano were that great inside the ring. Like Gargano played like the desperate heel kind of, like, but still Gargano in a way. And Alistair Black completely got a- across the fact that he was being vindictive, that he was out for revenge and that his main objective was to punish Gargano. So man, it really got across and being so close dude, those fucking chops and the kicks so many so many of those fucking knees like everything you could hear it it, it would echo you could see gargano the pain on his face gargano's one of the best sellers in pro wrestling right now oh Alistair black is one of the is one of the best strikers so that's a combination made in heaven bro that's a five-star match for sure like yeah and gargano so many of my favorite moments of that night came from that night from that match and so like you saw you've read my article i say in my article so the very next match was Tommaso Ciampa versus Velveteen Dream. And I'm just like, there's no way that this top. match <laughs> yeah. can top it, yet alone touch it. I thought it. the same thing. I thought the same thing. And then it goes ahead and I won't say tops it, but if it doesn't at match least it, it, matches it. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets pretty damn close, dude. And believe it or not, I don't know if it came across on, on screen. That was the most uh, overmatch of the night. That was the in the arena. That was the most the most overmatch of the night. Preference. You could feel that uh, Velveteen had the crowd in his hand, like the whole time. He has. You want to talk it? Like Matt Riddle has something, and he needs to tap into it. But Velveteen Dream just the kid is what twenty three years old, twenty four maybe, and he just comes out, and the whole crowd is just captivated right away with him. Velveteen already has he he you're right they both have it the difference is Velveteen already knows how to use it he's he's mastered he tapped into it and he's he's in the midst of learning how to use it and he's he's getting it like he he got it it's clicking for him and you can see it with Matt Riddle he still got has to get to that level but Vel- Velveteen's definitely reached it dude he's I'm telling you the second he came out the crowd was eating out of the palm of his hand the second everybody noticed the the, the attire that he was doing Hollywood Hogan in Hollywood like. It was over. He was he had he had the crowd at that very second, dude. Right. Uh, and so that match was amazing, bro. I did not think that they were because I obviously knew hey, they're not going to do the flippy shit. You know what I'm saying? Like Velveteen's going to come off with some athletic shit, but that match somehow in a very different way still still accomplished everything it was supposed to, and it had the crowd so hot, dude. When Psychology. Top, when he comes off the top with the elbow, man. Oh my goodness! And almost gets it. Like I thought he had it. My wife thought he had it. The, everyone in our section thought he had it. And that arena literally shook when he comes off the top and hits that elbow. Like, I've never felt everybody, like, either simultaneously jump and drop at the same time or what – I don't know what it was, but, like, I, I could feel the a little bit of a rumble. You can feel the energy, man. And, and, and I was like, it was what's so cool. Ready. 
is like just so you know just to give perspective brandon and i have been to countless wrestlemanias we've been to a ton of events uh i think wrestlemania 33 was the closest in in terms of seating where we were maybe like 10 rows back so i can almost vividly imagine what what you're talking about and any listeners out there who have gone to a live show you know exactly what wesley's talking about and it's just it's a completely different feel you you can make a wrestling fan or you can make someone who's not a fan a wrestling fan just by taking them to an event because it's an entirely different feel than watching on television. And here's the thing, dude. Here's an interesting thing, Kenny, and the thing that my wife and I were talking about because we went to uh, No Mercy last year for Cena versus uh, versus Roman. I'm telling you, bro, the Staples Center is our home arena. We go to so many events here. Like this, the Staples Center is a real special place to us. So anytime WWE is around in Staples Center and when it's something that's supposed to be as big as Cena and Roman was built to be, then on the same card, you got Strowman versus Braun for the Universal. Uh, we did, we decided to go, and for whatever reason, bro, the the arena was just not. It wasn't that lit that night. Like the energy was not the same. Like I don't know. Uh, maybe it's maybe NXT just gets people in the frenzy. Maybe it was Survivor Series weekend. Just already no, had it's, everybody. It's, it's Survivor Series. I can I can tell you as someone, um, you know, and Brandon will probably agree with me on this. We've been to WrestleManias. We've been to Raws and things like that. We went to Battleground. I think it was. Was it what year was that, Brandon? Was it sixteen? I guess so. Yeah, I think I Bray Wyatt had fought Chris Jericho on that card. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the point is, we almost were bored. We were like, the energy in this arena sucks. We barely want to be there. Why the hell did we buy these tickets? Like, <laughs> you know literally, I, I like, like, yeah. That. I mean, you no, were the only I'm person. With you, dude. That's how I felt. That's how we felt last year. Like, we we went and it was cool. But then at the same time, we were like, oh, man, was it really worth it at the end of the day? Because it I mean, like, Cena and Cena and Roman wasn't that great. And Braun and, and, and Brock was another letdown. Like, it was just a bunch of letdowns. And it got to the point where it's just like, oh, man, I, I really didn't want to do it. And that's kind of why I was a little skeptical of Survivor Series this round, the mm -hmm. second go around. But, man, was I wrong, first of all. But, no, I mean, I've, I've been to so many events in the Staples Center where, I mean, and this was years ago, but I, I was we were in the building for uh, Daniel Bryan when he, when he uh, won the world title off of John Cena and then Randy Orton cashes in because Triple H turns on him. I was in the building for that too. That's and awesome. the arena that night was popping, dude. So it's, I, I don't know if it was, maybe it's just no mercy. I don't know if it just, uh, I don't no know. No mercy if was a weird event. I think that it, it really kind was, of was dude. a transitional was kind of event. And then they rushed uh, John Cena versus Roman Reigns. So it's almost like, like that match is awesome. Don't get me wrong. Like, but it could have been saved for like a WrestleMania or something like that. So trust me, I, I get why no mercy might've been weird. But see, here's the thing. I'm a John Cena and and Roman Reigns hater. I hate them both, dude. On, <laughs> on an equal level. I mean, no disrespect. I love. I mean, I'm I'm pulling Brandon's for Roman heart's for sure. breaking right now. I, I I pull for Roman for sure. I'm pulling for Roman right now for sure. But I, I, I as a wrestling character, I hate him and Cena for for the almost the same exact reasons. But I was into it, dude. They hooked me. Those promos hooked me, and I was sold. I was like, you know what? I'll throw down my money. My wife and I will throw our money down, and we will be in the building. You got me, bro. Mm. And then for it to be such a letdown just really disappointed me, and it kind of turned me off of it for you know, for live events. But obviously, it's a takeover, so I knew it was going to be popping. And I'm telling you, man, I've never felt that, that kind of energy that that the, the Dream and, and Ciampa were able to pull out that, that of that match, dude. And I'm, I was surprised. I did not expect that match to be the best match on the card. And it really, really was. Um, but War Games, man. That's what I was just about to ask you, which is how how was it to like just be in the presence of freaking War Games? Like, 
something that like i don't know about you but as a kid i, I used to watch war games and it was just like oh my god this monstrosity and like I, i've seen hell in a cell in person but for some reason war games always held just like such a, a higher standard for me just because it looked so much more brutal it was it was awesome man i i, I told you it was like I don't know, dude. I never thought I'd see war games ever again. I never, I obviously I was a kid. And when WCW closed down, I was like, well, there you go. I know I'll never get to see war games in person. I just had accepted that as a fact. And then, you know, they brought it back last year and I was like, oh, cool. Maybe, you know, it's a one-off maybe or whatever. And then it came back again and it just happened to be at the Staples Center. And so when I found out I was going to war games, I was really, really excited, dude. But with my busy schedule, well, luckily with my busy schedule, I should say it came really fast by the, when it, from the time I found out I was going to the time it actually came was like three and a half weeks or so. And so I was really excited for it once it, once it was there. And then once, like I said in the article, once the cages start coming down, it, it started really becoming real. And I was like, oh shit, it's really about to happen right now. Like it's really going to happen. And Undisputed Era comes out and the crowd fucking pops, bro. Man. How do you feel about that? Because, you know, they're supposed to be heels. Like, do you feel like... I know you like heels. Don't get me wrong. I know that's your thing. But do you feel they should be healing it up more? Or do you like them as kind of like the cool heels? I like them as the cool heels. I feel like if you have if you have a set of heels or I feel like a character should get over no matter what. I feel like the, the, the objective should be to get the character over. And if it happens to be kind of like the new day, if it happens to be that they get over doing heel shit and it turns them face, then that's just how they got over it. Kind of like Elias too. Then that's just the way that they got over. I don't feel like you should. After it happens, I don't think like there should be a massive overhaul. You've talked about it on your episode already, Kenny, about how you like that they've only tweaked. They haven't really tweaked the Elias. They've only tweaked the Elias character. They haven't done a complete overhaul between him being a heel and a face. You know what I'm saying? Like now, the, the only big difference is now instead of being interrupted, he does the interrupting. Right. So, I I think in that in that aspect, like that I like that because you're still staying true to the the healness and the coolness of the character. I feel like sometimes. CM Punk's a huge example of it. Like you try to, you, what makes you cool, they take away and make you a face. And then it's just like, well, we didn't want to just cheer yeah, for them. We, we don't we want like what they were you. doing. Right. We liked what they were doing. Thus we we cheered for them. It's just like, there's a, there's a, you know, a action and a reaction. It wasn't just like, oh, we're cheering for them because WWE wants us to like, no, we're cheering for them because we want to cheer for them because we like what they're saying. So I feel like with a, with a heel, that's more natural and that's more real. If you get over as a heel, you're doing something right. If you get over yeah, as a baby face, it's kind of like a sign. I think it's cool that WWE is kind of like letting that happen now. I think maybe like circa five years ago, six years ago, they kind of felt like if you went to be a baby face, you had to be like, yeah, I love you guys. Like the, a perfect example I can think of is like Seamus. Like yeah. Seamus became, yeah, well, Bar did Barrett ever become baby face? Did you say Barrett? Yeah, like way better. Well, uh, meaning it like the opposite way. Like they didn't want. Yeah, he was certain the gimmick to get over. Yeah, yes. as a heel, so they you know they take put that the away squash on. Yeah, it, put the squash on. The bad news. Yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a great one. Wade, yeah. they definitely did that to Wade Barrett for sure. But like Seamus, bad news Barrett. Yeah, yeah, Seamus is the one I can think of in 2012 when he became a babyface and he just became this like smiling Irish person it's like uh okay we wanted like the ass kicker sarcastic guy that he was when he was a heel but just as a baby face not this crap. exactly exactly and i feel like undisputed era nxt gets it you know what i'm saying they get how to book their their top guys and undisputed era is definitely their top group and uh fuck dude this might be sacrilege some of your listeners some of my listeners might fucking find this sacrilegious but i think they're the coolest heel group 
I think they're the coolest faction in wrestling, even above yeah. the, the Bullet Club right now. I feel like, oh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the storyline of the Civil War within the Bullet Club. Well, I like the firing squad. I feel like the rest of the whole Civil War thing was starting to get a little old now, and it's just like, right. you know. And I was going to say, kinda, I agree with you, bro. I 100% agree with you because. You know what I'm saying? So, so I like that the Undisputed Era is just cool, and they're just like almost like, I don't want to say NWO-like, but kind of, yeah, No, no, no. I will agree with you because I know a lot of people, like, at this point, I feel – I hate to say it, but I feel like the Bullet Club's kind of overhyped just because a lot of wrestling fans are kind of like, oh, it's the Bullet Club. I've heard a lot about this Bullet Club and the Too Sweet and the things like that. So they want to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, but I'm dude. Like, ever since the firing squad stuff, I'm kind of like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is what NWO Wolfpack shit? Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, are we are we jumping? Are ju- you know, what, what's the they term here? Shark. Jumping the shark? Yeah. They jumped so, the shark, dude. One too yeah. many spinoffs. And One that's how I feel. Spin-offs. And and people can you know sit there and, and suck the proverbial D of the you know the Bullet Club and and still say it's awesome, but it's not. It's not. The elite is great. That dynamic is. is still is still there. But the whole Bullet Club concept is done, in my opinion. What about wait? You think they're cooler than uh, Sanity? Yeah, dude, I do. <laughs> Who the fuck is Sanity, Brandon? Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, Ewa. I love you and all, dude. But it's, I it's, love you, Ewa, too. But. Ugh. But it's the undisputed era right now. They're the hottest commodity. I, I mean, my wife and I have this discussion because we talk wrestling. That's one of the cool things about it. Like sometimes we sit down and have you know wrestling conversations. Um, but we disagree on this point. She believes that they should stay in, in uh, in NXT because they're thriving so much. Where I want to see them on the main roster. But then she brings up the fact that look at what happens to everyone when they come to the main roster. As soon as they get into under Vince's under Vince's watch, he doesn't know how to use them. He doesn't understand them. And that's what's going to happen to Undisputed Eras. So I'm conflicted, man. Like, I want to see them on the main roster because I feel like they could show up on the main roster and show these motherfuckers how to do, you know what I'm saying, like gang warfare the right way. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're that they're that faction that's going to show up and just decimate fools in the same way that right. the Shield did in their peak and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So they're that next, they're that next faction if you book them that way. But that's the part. That's the tricky part. Are they going to get so, booked that way? Right. Let me give you my opinion on that. Um... I'll use wrestling podcasts as an example. I mean, both of us are are podcasters here. There's 50 million wrestling podcasts out there. And for us to get in the game, it's almost like you go, uh, everybody does wrestling podcasts. So I guess, how do we know ours will be successful? But you have the confidence that, hey, we have something to offer that's a lot better than all the wrestling podcasts. I'll listen to some wrestling podcasts. I'll call them out again. Squaring the circle, AC from New York. <laughs> I listened to his stuff this week, and he was just like, uh, "Raw put me to sleep. If you want to have the best sleep in your of your life, watch Raw." And I'm like, "Dude, who wants to listen to you? Who really wants to listen to you?" Whereas, like, you know, with our podcast, I think we stand out. We're unique. You know, we have something like a positive take. You know, to offer. And we'll that take being said, stuff. <laughs> that being you know said, what, dude? Mine's ahead, only. Mine's only because I don't speak about my current day product. I, you know, I, <laughs> I romanticize, I, re, I romanticize the the golden the years. Yesteryear. I, 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 I talk nostalgia and I, you know, strategically keep out a lot of the negativity, unless we're talking crush. Uh, I, I strategically <laughs> keep out a lot of that negativity because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do that. And, and a lot of the guys I cover are, you know, passed away anyways. And I'm kind of in that Eric Bischoff realm of thinking where I don't want to diss on too many people that aren't. He, around to defend themselves and stuff except like that crush. except crush. i mean yeah dude i'm sorry but <laughs> i still don't understand how he got that many opportunities he was not he was awesome 
Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Like, you just, <laughs> I just wanted to see what you would say to that. That being um, said, though, I went in on it. Like, in the early episodes, I went in on a fucking tangent. I, I cut a promo on Under the Giant from, talking about how he's not the best big man ever, how the big show is and shit, or Vader. <laughs> and uh, it was it was not positive. So, I mean, I, I do have my weak moments. So, <laughs> I'm not going to like We all do. Hate. I think the last episode, I started ranting like crazy on Brandon because he pissed me off as always. So, I mean, we all have our, our, our big guy that we don't have anything good to say about brandon yeah. so anyway go, go going back to the uh, disputed era i the whole point in me saying that whole thing about the podcast you know yes you're right on the set in the sense that you know people come to the main roster and they haven't been used right but i have the confidence in the and in the undisputed era that they will be the one that is completely different than the rest of the roster that, that comes from nxt to the main roster i feel like they'll stand out no matter what they do when they come to the main roster what about Apollo Creed? I think he did well. <laughs> no, man. I'm sorry. Apollo Creed died in he's, Rocky Four. He's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's he's yanking your chain in the sense of he he doesn't think crap of Apollo Cruz. He just he just trying hey, to egg you on. He could be champion. Uh, you yeah, don't even believe that, Brandon. <laughs> He's got to drop some Wait, weight there. Do you think? Do you think uh, it's time to maybe bring War Games to the main roster? Yes, that's a good in question. One word, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Let, let let me wrap up NXT, dude, for you. Let me talk on a little quick about the uh, uh, Kari Zane and uh, Oh yes, uh, Shayna Baszler match. Brandon's way love, better yeah. than I expected it, dude. Way better than I expected it to be. I was a skeptic going in, and they surprised me. I didn't like the ending though because of where I was sitting. The double rings that I was uh, towards the, the back end of the ring, so this towards the second ring. So I mean, the first couple of matches uh, were a little further than what they would have normally been. So I didn't like the ending only because at, at first we were confused. I thought Kari Zane got the win, and then Shayna Baszler got you know what I'm saying her music hits, uh, and she's getting turned up, and I was okay. a little confused. Mm, and then we saw yeah. the replay. We're like, okay, cool. That's that makes a little bit more sense now. So that was oh, my wow, only yeah. complaint. About I didn't, it. I didn't even that, think that about that. Good. I didn't even think about that. There's probably a couple of matches that were a little bit hard to see just because you have the double rings and it it's already Holy. not the easiest to see through those ropes. So to have like basically a double set of ropes in the middle there, that's probably pretty tough. Only the first two dudes, so only Matt Riddle and only the, the women's championship match. The other two were in my ring, the ring closest to us. So it was perfect. It was awesome. It was the best view. Well, technically uh, one match because that Matt Riddle match was like a kick and a pin. So. <laughs> Exactly. Well, they had they probably had the pre-show matches in that first ring too. So right <laughs> during the whole event, there was a few. But um, War Games was awesome though, man. Uh, I said it in my article. I hate to keep plugging it, but I did. Um, Hanson is gonna break away from the War. Thank Raiders, you, bro. thank you he, so much too, for saying that because I wanted to talk about him. Good. He's Dude. too good, man. In the episode before where he has that match with Bobby Fish of the the, the go home for NXT right before take before takeover. I was already super impressed with him. Super impressed with him. His selling ability for a big guy. Bobby Fish is a super great opponent to go against for any big guy as it is. But his selling ability for a big guy, his limberness, is just his agility, his his power game is obviously on point. Like this guy's got everything that Vince McMahon wants in a monster heel. They just gotta find him the right gimmick. It can't be, I don't want to say hokey because I don't think the yeah, I'll, I'll say it. The War Raiders are hokey, dude. The whole gimmick is, is a <laughs> I think so. No, no, I agree with that. I, I like a little hokey, I like War so. Machine, but uh I don't like the War Raiders as much in that sense. Uh, but I'm going to read you a comment because he actually liked my comment that I posted on his picture. I, saw that. Um, 
I posted something that says I was a fan of War Machine slash War Raiders before, but I became a fan of yours during War Games. You were MVP of that match, and he liked my comment. And I told, and as I said on on the page, I meant every word of that because I legitimately think Hanson was the MVP of the match. He impressed the yeah. hell out of me. Yeah, uh, Ricochet obviously had the spot of the other night that double backflip. Like, who does that? Obviously, the one and only. <laughs> but he was the MVP for sure, man. He had he had me like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was multiple times where I was like, whoa, how do you do that? A guy that big should not be able to move like that and to have that sort of agility and and. If he can cut a promo by himself, this guy's set, man. He's gonna need, he needs to come to the main roster. He could be doing some damage right now. Um, he's bigger than Way Bry than Bray Wyatt. Uh, I always thought Bray Wyatt was a, was a big intimidating heel. As he just happened to be a little short, a little too small for the role he was trying to p play. And I feel like Hanson's the perfect size, man. He's bigger than him. He's in, he's intimidating. He's he's got the chops, bro. He's got the chops. I I could see him breaking away very soon. Dude, I, dude the funny part. I've seen War Raiders, uh, sorry, War Machine in uh, New Japan, and I, I thought they were good, but I was like, oh, okay, I know, especially the January 4th show, I knew they were going to WWE, they were going to be signed with NXT pretty soon, so I watched it, I was like, okay, they're, they're good, I guess. So I didn't expect to like think so much of, of Hanson after that match. And so I he came, he came to play that night. I mean, it was very obvious that he was like, I'm going to show the world what I have to offer because this is the biggest stage I've been on. Yeah, man, for sure. I, I agree hundred percent with that. I, he, he came to play um, my LVP for that night, dude, my least valuable player <laughs> was, between, was between Pete Dunn and, and, and Bobby fish, dude. Um, well, I, I'll I, say something about Bobby fish. I don't know how it came across, but I think there was a spot where he thought he injured his knee. Okay. And uh, I don't know if you've seen it back, but yeah, he, yeah, I, he, I, I, didn't, I thought it was a work. So I was no, sure. no, it, he almost, at least this is my opinion. He very like, obviously kind of goes like, oh crap. Kind of like if you've seen Seth Rollins documentary, you remember when he's doing uh he's on the wall and he's stretching his leg and he thought he heard something pop and he freaks out. That's kind of the look that Bobby fish had of, of almost like, oh no, I fucking did something to my leg again. So you can see him talking to the guys and saying, I did something like, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I, so I he almost, I yeah. So I think he held back a little bit after that because he thought he was hurt. Now reports are coming that again, it was just a scare. He's fine. It's more so that he's got to get over the fact that, you know, he's back in the ring and it's just, it's going to feel weird at first. Um, okay, but yeah, I think that, I think that's it. I have an excuse for Bobby fish. I don't have a damn yeah. excuse for Pete Dunn. Yeah, that's see, okay. I, I'll give Bobby Fish a pass then because obviously I, I like Bobby Fish. I'm a big fan of him ever since his, his uh, you know, the Red Dragon days and um, his days, his time in ROH. But yeah, man, Pete Dunn's one of those guys that I've come to expect a lot from, and he just didn't really deliver it at NXT. I don't know why. Um, his his biggest spot was being kept out of the match for a bit, and then he provided the kendo sticks, and then he kind of just is forgettable for a while, and then he kind of gets the co pin at the end and doesn't really it wasn't really leaving much more of an impression for me you know what i'm saying for me being there live i walked out and i was like hmm pete dunn was really the i mean the last image that they show you is pete dunn and ricochet which to me says they're gonna have a feud in a couple of fucking by the yeah, next definitely. takeover possibly uk versus uh north american title you know yeah, that sort of thing exactly. but you know that's that nothing. that's interesting though because uh pete dunn didn't come across like that actually on uh tv um in my opinion 
he actually came across as the star of the match. And the reason that is, and again, I can see why it would be hard to tell from the crowd, but the camera kept cutting to him. Like when he was in the cage and stuff, and it was kind of obvious that people were jumping ahead of him. Like basically, I'm going to go in the ring next. Um, and so he got left last. And then obviously Bobby Fish does that thing where they lock him in the cage. Well, the way it came across on TV was like that. the fans were clamoring for him to get in, and he was seething. And so finally, when he gets in, it's like, oh, okay, the star is here. And now he, now the tides have turned. Like, he's that guy in war games. Like, you know, like when Sting would hit the ring and you're like, holy crap, here's the guy coming in to save his team. So it, it came across, at least on TV, to me that Pete Dunne was the star of that match. I totally get where you're coming from in terms of spots and in terms of, you know, being involved in the match. He didn't really do a lot that was memorable. But again, on in a TV aspect, I think he came across really well, but and they were just trying to show maybe a different dynamic to Pete Dunn as opposed to like the wrestling machine that he's that he's been in the last couple matches. Well, here's the cool thing about that, then, man. Here's the the beauty of pro wrestling, right? We could both look at the same thing and see two different things. Like the same product can be presented differently in the live audience in a live arena, and it can be presented differently on TV. Because definitely in the arena, it didn't come across to that. And I, one of those people that I I still haven't watched SummerSlam 2014 or whatever year it was. And, you know, I don't, I don't really watch, I don't really rewatch stuff that I've been to because I don't ever want to taint the memories. I want to remember those as yeah. live events. That's I cool. I like that. I don't want to like blend. That. I don't want to blend any because you know was, the human mind is crazy, bro. It'll do, it'll do crazy things. And I, I could take something that I saw on the network and convince myself that that's how I saw it at that time. But if I don't have that to compare with or to even mesh in my brain, then it stays pure. So I like to do that as much as I can. So there's some shows like I'm telling you, I. I I went back and like rewatched a couple of clips here and there because I wanted to see how the crowd reacted. But I have not rewatched War Games. I have not rewatched Survivor Series. Like I've, I, I don't even think I've peeked into Survivor Series like that. So I mean, I tried, I try to keep, keep, keep those memories like that. And I'm telling you, in the arena, it didn't come across that way, which is interesting because I haven't rewatched it yet, so I wouldn't know. So I think it's real cool that that's how it came off. Dude, and that's that's so funny because we we completely differ on that. Um, like I'm talking about. As soon as I leave an arena, I'm watching back what you know what happened. Like I, I can vividly remember. I think it was WrestleMania 30. Yeah, it had to be WrestleMania 30 where Undertaker lost the streak. The whole the whole ride back, all I was doing was watching the network and going, "Oh my god, this actually happened!" And uh, it's it's still like even right now, like I'm almost just shocked thinking about it because I remember the feeling, and and I'm sure Brandon can tell you the feeling in that arena that night. Yeah, There's I mean, nothing- he was. Yeah, he was I, looking back at his phone and he was like, Is this dude sleeping during this match? Seriously, right now? And he was trying to find us in the crowd. Yeah, Brandon was sleeping. Work. I was pretty pissed off. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know how I came off at home, but in the arena, Pete Dunn wasn't very memorable. But at least we both got to see at home and in the arena that uh Hansen's the real star. Yeah, I, real that's, star I think that's the message that we can pull from that is that Hansen definitely had performance of the night because we both thought that from two different aspects. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, hey, so, you want to talk some Survivor Series or what? Exactly dude? what I was going to say. So yeah. let's talk about me and Brandon. We actually went. I want to give a shout out to Drew for inviting us over and giving Brandon check soda. I know he's going to listen to this podcast on the way to work. So, Drew, keep your eyes on the road and stop looking at the cute girl next to you. Now, and if you feel like buying more check soda, Brandon's up with, sitting there with open arms. That's right. So. Uh, Survivor Series, man. How was that? Like, all of a sudden, I'm looking at your story, and I'm like, holy crap, this guy went to Survivor Series, too. He, he lied to me. I thought he was just going to take over. 
Yeah, man, I'm telling you again, it was just a spur of the moment type of thing. My wife woke up that morning and found some really good tickets and um, we decided to go again. And it was it was awesome. Uh, man, I'm, I'm telling you, at first I was just like, why not a cherry on top? I didn't expect much from it. And maybe so that's wait, why. Let me, let me interrupt you just for one second, because I want to know what you went in thinking you know what survivor series was going to be like because i know like you said you didn't have high expectations so what exactly were you expecting um i was just not expecting it to be on par with nxt the night before i wasn't expecting to be as excited or to be in, i wasn't expecting the crowd to be as live because i already had a prior bad experience a recent prior bad experience with no mercy so okay. i wasn't expecting the actual wwe crowd because there's a big difference uh between the nxt crowd huge and the difference uh, hardcore fans NXT versus was, casual fans yes kids versus no kids you know what I'm like that's the biggest difference the night before i'm sitting around a bunch of adults and there's adult words being thrown around a bunch of adult beverages being consumed like there's it's a more adult feel at nxt then you get there the next night and there's a bunch of kids everywhere and there's a bunch of you know what i'm saying and, and no Brandon no disrespect to that somewhere. yeah you know what i'm saying but that's just the vibe was completely different so i going into that i didn't understand i didn't expect you know, to be blown away. Not, I won't say blown away, but I just didn't expect to have as much fun, dude. It was the best way I can explain it is that NXT was for the wrestling purist in me, and the next night was for the part of me that enjoys the pageantry and enjoys the entertainment aspect of wrestling. And that's the part that really got you know service that night that really enjoyed Survivor Series. Because to me, as a just pure entertainment fan, it was it was a good show. It was a great show, honestly. I and you think it's good to have it. both, right? To have, you know, you can have your pure wrestling show, but you still need that pageantry. Yeah. In the um, next episode, it's a good balance to have. Like, they don't both need to be pure wrestling shows, you know, to be enjoyable. Let me um, let me plug my next episode. Um, I was Since it's Thanksgiving week, I'm not doing a, an actual episode. I'm taking a break from my arc, and I'm doing a bonus episode where we uh, talk about the weekend in in wrestling because as a part of wrestling examiner jaime was at uh an independent show the independent show that david arquette got a uh, pretty much uh, he was at oh, that man. show yeah he was at that show oh uh, man first in the first couple of rows and then he actually took a picture with david arquette the next night at nxt takeover which is uh, dude I'm, I'm kicking myself because i'm texting jaime like oh i'm at nxt he's like oh i'm at nxt too and then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe we'll run into each other later. And then the next day he texts me. He's like, oh, look who I ran into. Your old buddy, David Arquette. Because <laughs> David Arquette's a, you know what I'm saying? He's a flashbacker too. So, um, Right, yeah. He follows your page. So, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it would have been cool to, to run into him. He's, he's done me. He's done me the, you know what I'm saying? Like the pleasure of, of following me and liking some of my posts and stuff. So, he's a flashback. It would have been awesome to run into him. Maybe get a pic with him. You know, I was wearing my shirt. So I'm kicking myself with I'm like, damn, if I'd have just been like, hi man, where are you? Maybe I would have ran in it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's the time when he was with our cat or whatever. So um, but now it was pretty cool, man. He was at that event on Friday. I was obviously at NXT Takeover and Survivor Series. He was at Takeover, and then he went back to to Raw. So we're gonna do a little wrap-up of the whole weekend and how Wrestling Examiner and Flashback Wrestling held it down pretty much at the Staples Center this weekend. So um, that's awesome, we're, man. we're gonna be doing, to we're gonna be doing that. because uh, it was pretty fun. You would think that we'd take some time to like take a break and not do our podcast and eat some food, but we're so dedicated to our damn crafts that, you know, we're, we're pulling out, you know, interviews and bonus episodes and, you know, I'll probably be editing during Thanksgiving dinner. So <laughs> awesome, dude. I'm telling you the dedication, it'll pay off one day, right? Let's cross our fingers, right? I'll meet you at Hell the top, yeah. buddy. There you go. <laughs> That's right. But Hey man, I'm telling you, Survivor Series was awesome. Um, 
Nia Jax. Let's, uh, we're gonna Dude, talk about that was going to be my question. What was that re- reaction yeah. like? The heat was nuclear, bro. Was it Xbox like that? She could not step into the ring without the fans just like booing their fucking asses off. I, just, I, I made it to my seat because I was getting some food and some chips and the lines were long. Um, I was getting to my seat right as the intros were ending. And so when she was introduced, oh my God, I was still outside. And when she was introduced, it went like the entire yeah, the, whole, the whole arena changed. It came across like that on TV. It was like kind of reactions, kind of reactions. Her music hits and it was like, Ooh, like it just it the whole arena was rumbling and i don't know if you saw it from your seat you can tell me but she walks out and she starts blowing on her fist she starts blowing yeah. on her knuckles and she's like Phew. yes and i'm like you know good for her to embrace the heel heat because that's what a true heel is man just embrace that and even if you're you're a dick about it that's kind of your job exactly dude so she had she was the most over in the sense that she had the crowd eating out of the palm of her hand the way that she'd wanted them to. So she was the most over in that match. Oscar, uh, man, I'm so disappointed for 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 Oscar in the sense that how do you how do you drop the ball? You have 170 some and oh whatever the, the the streak was at the time that she came up, yeah. and you break it. There's no real payoff from it, and then you we don't capitalize that, with right? somebody that's so over and. Right. It just we talk make about any that sense, on dude. your uh, your Tatanka episode, and and it, yeah, it, yeah, it's it's just how do you break that streak and just nothing comes from it. Like exactly. at first, I was like, oh, it's cool that they broke the streak, but now it's like enough time has passed. It's like, oh, you really didn't do anything after that. Okay, exactly. so yeah, and she's so over and she's so good in the ring, dude. Like when she when the crowd popped when it was her when she was the last one left and it was her going up against Sasha and Nia, like. The crowd was popping, bro. Like it, it, they were on her side. They were Team Oscar, and and just it's kind of a shame that nothing happened from with that. And uh, I think they booked it perfectly, though. I think having Nia win it, having Nia be the sole survivor, and and just piling on of that heat right now, it's going to lead to a match with Becky. It's going to lead for you know maybe a match with Ronda. I don't know, yeah, but I it's think- going to be big things for her. So I mean, you capitalize. WWE's been real good, and no pun intended, of rolling with the punches lately. So, yeah, um, exactly what I was about to say, which is WWE, like, obviously had to hit the reset button due to a lot of things that have happened recently. And, but it worked. It worked. I mean, it reminds me of the Attitude Era where one week one guy would be champion, the next week they'd come and reset the entire show because something else happened. You know, so I, I as a wrestling fan, I like the spontaneity and just like the, the fact that two weeks ago we had a completely different show than we have now. You know, on Raw and SmackDown, exactly. I should say. At least, do, yeah. Uh, do you think maybe the women's division right now is a little too stacked on the main roster for maybe somebody like Asuka to have a place or a certain place on the card? Because it's like, oh, well, you still got to push, you know, Charlotte and everybody else. Stacked so is like, an excuse, man. I, you know, I'll, I'm sorry to butt in there, but I think stacked is an excuse because. I mean, you got if you got a guy like Kurt Angle coming in in the hottest era of wrestling uh, in the Attitude Era and still finding a way to make it to the top, I think anybody with enough talent can make it to the top, no matter if their division is stacked. Okay, well, here's the thing, um, and then this is a conversation that I definitely don't want to spin off on because I know we were we're already going yeah. long, and I want oh, yeah. to okay. matches. Um, this that's that's the thing though. Like this is where a lot of people talk about like a secondary or maybe even a tag team title being introduced into the women's division, and then maybe that that makes things worth a little more, some feuds a little more worth it. It gives them some sort of incentive and stuff like that to, to be fighting for. Because I think sometimes WWE doesn't know how to book women 
outside of championship feuds they really don't mm. they don't know the psychology between you know what i'm saying the feuds or anything like that so maybe maybe they need to reach out to trish or lita or some you know what i'm saying the like medusa or somebody somebody that, that that's been a, a, a woman wrestler and that kind of knows could kind of be helpful in the psychology because right now at this point you got to really think about it you're you're, you're a bunch of older middle-aged men are, are, are booking women in their 20s and stuff and trying to explain the psychology of what they're thinking and why i've never thought about why. that i've never thought so, that yeah yeah it's like you got a group of men they're sitting there writing for women uh that's a really good point i'm glad you brought that up you know you got to kind of bring in somebody bluntly who understands women a little bit better like women who have wrestled before yeah so maybe you know because that's what you do with a road agent you get a guy that you know that's been in the ring and it's actually done it to lay out matches and to help the young talent and maybe that's something you do but with somebody that has more to relate to with them you know so i, I don't know i think that the women's division is i mean it's it is stacked it's got some 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 good stuff becky but see there's no excuse though because if you really look at it becky is is, is, a, is a performer right now that was kind of buried in that in that in that division you know there's a lot of talent above her and she kind of you know undug her own own way out she, exactly she, what she, i'm saying is like i don't she, she wasn't she wasn't meant to be the star and she found a way as soon as she was given an opportunity you know she was given uh she was given just a little bit an inch and she took a mile and uh becky, that's what i that's what i mean yeah becky lynch was the most over performer that night at the sable center dude and she wasn't even right there <laughs> and she was not even there every time <laughs> an image of her would come up or anytime you know what I'm saying? Obviously, you heard it during the Ronda match. But hey, dude, let me put this right now. I was so proud. Me and my wife were so proud to be part of this LA crowd. LA brought the heat this weekend, bro. At NXT TakeOver, at Survivor Series, even on Raw and SmackDown, they, that crowd brought the heat. It was there. It wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Some people complain, man. I, we'll get to it in a second, I'm sure, about the Ronda Rousey match for her being Yeah, I was thinking it. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I'm, I'm a Rousey hater. I do not like her. I mean, we, <laughs> really? Yeah, absolutely. Oh wow, because I think me and Brandon are big uh, Ronda Rousey marks. No, right? Right. Now wait, do you... but the rest of Survivor Series, let's get to it right now. Then let's uh, let's, let's get into it, Brandon. I... You had something to say? Yeah, I was saying like, do you not like Rousey from her MMA days or from her WWE work? I don't like Ronda Rousey because I feel like she's everything that CM Punk warned us about. I feel like she's everything that we've been complaining about as marks everything that we complain about she's an outsider this isn't your home dude you lost you you got knocked out you got knocked out and then you got choked out like you didn't come <laughs> here on a high you didn't come here because you wanted to because you love the business you came here on a low you came here after you couldn't do it in your sport anymore and now you're coming here and you're taking someone's spot you're taking becky's spot you took becky's spot so she had to reinvent herself to to, to wait, be wait, able to be like kind of like cm punk uh quit wrestling and went to mma and then floundered like crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but guess what? When they when 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 he went to MMA, he was the he was the opening match. He was never the main event. They didn't right. they they threw him in there as as a, you know what I'm saying like he wasn't the, the main guy. They weren't there wasn't rumors of 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 CM Punk main eventing UFC. You know what I'm saying 200 250 or a, a milestone show like that. There's people no Brock Lesnar did that. Another wrestling There's, guy. I'm just teasing. Yeah, but Brock Lesnar <laughs> has the credentials, dude. I know. Yeah, definitely. Brock Lesnar had the raw credentials to do it this chick doesn't have them i mean she's on she's she's decent don't get me wrong she's i'm not saying she's out there I'm, no I, I am the first couple of matches she was botching a lot of shit. she looked dangerous <laughs> out there she, and she Brandon. was in, in a top spot Brandon, how, you gonna, how are you gonna let him talk about, about your girl like eventing, that and there's rumors about her main eventing wrestlemania 35 Fuck that shit. <laughs> Becky Lynch deserves it becky Lynch deserves to wrestle the main event wrestlemania 35 she doesn't 
So, Brandon, I'll let you yeah. speak first because I kind of want right. to hear what you have to say. But what is your take on that? Wesley comes on our podcast and he starts talking about our girl Ronda Rousey. <laughs> He's talking about our girl Ronda. He turned the tables on her. Uh, no, it's like uh, kind of mean ass promo on her right now, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Jeez, <laughs> He's been killing it. No, uh, I, I I get that. Um, you know, having somebody that's really this wasn't sort of her first choice of things to do and it's true she did come in on the low and it's kind of weird them having to like you know build her up as still the baddest woman on the planet even though she sort of went out not so bad um but i will say i think she's brought enough to the table that it's at least elevated what the other women have to do in order to sort of keep pace with everything so i think it's actually sort of a good thing that she's there because now we've seen you know becky just sort of you know take it up a notch and now charlotte's taking it up a notch and so i, I think she's at least provided that for the division well i have something to say about ronda rousey i have something to say about wesley you want to talk about millennial men like you who sit there and call yourself podcast hosts Okay, the proverbial podcast host who just sits there and gives opinions on Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey has done more than you'll ever do in your life. I'm sorry, I just wanted to cut a Ronda Rousey type promo, and I had a secondary mic, so why felt like a good time. I get oh you. Oh my goodness. So let me give you my opinion on Ronda Rousey. Um, I'm going to give you basically I I like Ronda, and I agree with everything you said in the sense of you know she botched and she did that. But there's something about her that makes me forgive her, and that's really weird. But I think it's because I know for a fact that Ronda Rousey was always a wrestling fan first. And it, it showed because, I mean, her nickname was freaking Rowdy Ronda Rousey. So I feel like she came in like kind of like us. Like imagine us as podcast hosts coming into wrestling. Like it, it's very obvious like this was a vehicle to get to that. So to me, Ronda Rousey was always a wrestling fan. I forgive her in the sense of obviously she's green and she came straight into WrestleMania. And for someone who just went straight to one of the main events of WrestleMania, she did amazing. I wasn't expecting her to do as good as she, she has. And so not only that, she has, you know, she has a very famous name. She brings eyes to the division when they're trying to do the whole women's uh, evolution. So I got nothing but good things to say about Ronda Rousey. I, this is one of the ones that we're going to completely does, disagree does on. Though? Does she though? She couldn't even sell out Evolution. True. Nah. She doesn't really bring that much to the table, bro. I promise you. She's a, she's an outsider in our world, and she's going to leave it. And she's not going to. She's going to leave it. She's going to leave us hanging, just like all the other fucking outsiders do. She's going to go back to her world. She's going to go back to her world. <laughs> she's gonna go back to her world as soon as they call her back as soon as she's worth it as soon as she I gets whatever, not, whatever it, mental hurdle i've just seen she's that she's done uh she's done house shows she's done you know a lot of things that i didn't expect her to do i thought she'd be more like a part-timer like you want to talk like the person I, i'm critical of for the things that you're saying is fucking brock lester oh like, yeah that's she's the person not who, you know that's she's the person that i'm like i'll give her that i'll give yeah, her that to help doing that right and it's like to me, at least she's doing things the right way. She, you know, kind of like David Arquette. Like you, you talk about David Arquette. Like he's trying to earn his stripes. Where you know, yeah, I feel definitely. like Ronda Rousey is trying to earn her stripes. Yeah, he got some. Yeah, physically got some mean ones. Um, but yeah, to me, I, I forgive her, man, because I think 
it's like I see the potential in her, and I don't think she's just going to be like a one year and done like Goldberg did in back in two thousand and three. There's an insider of the business there, you know, that acts like he's an outsider, but you know, stuff like that. I think I I like Ronda, but you know, we'll probably have to agree to disagree on this one. Oh, we will, but, dude. You but let's me let's both get to something we both agree on, which is Brandon's a horrible co-host, right? <laughs> no, I'm a fan of Brandon. <laughs> Double disagree. I like Brandon. Yes. I'll take Damn it. it. And with that, we're, we're going to end the episode because this is not how I planned for it to go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, so, so, so needless to say, dude, you know what my one of my favorite moments of, of Survivor Series was? It was the the public caning of Ronda Rousey. Yeah. How, how was, was that? Oh how was that God. being in that crowd when all of that was it happening? Was awesome. It really was, dude. I I I got in a, into a passive aggressive. Uh, I got into <laughs> Passive aggressive um, uh, cheering war with the little ten year old that was sitting uh, a couple of seats down from us. Who was was it still Rousey real? Part. Was it still real to him? Damn it! Uh, the Rousey part was apparently, and so when she was getting her ass lit up, we were over here cheering the fuck out of it while his world was ending. And then, and then when when Ronda was leaving and he's trying to fucking cheer, we were over here just booing our asses off, man. It was it was awesome. It was like welcome guy. to the real world, jackass. Yeah. it was one of our. It was. It was one of my proudest. It was one of my proudest <laughs> moments as as an LA as an LA sports. You know, what I'm saying like, uh, you know, Patriots fan, and, right? Yeah, the, man, yeah that's so that's my, so funny, man. That's kind of dude. That would be like me, me and you when Crush is in the ring and winning a match. I feel like I would just be looking at you like, ha ha ha, <laughs> look at the look at him in yeah, all his dude, glory. It was, it was awesome. That kid was not having a good night. <laughs> Center was not on his side. So we were booing the fuck out of her. So let me ask you, because I'm going to, you're going to be the representative of the crowd right now. So this is not towards you. This is towards the crowd. Listen to me, you fickle bastards. <laughs> you were booing Charlotte when she walked in. And now all of a sudden you think she's the greatest thing in the world. What, what's going on? No, there? we were wooing. Woo. Woo. Oh, 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 okay. That's what it was. There was no booing. It was woo for no, Charlotte. No, you know what? She, did have a, she had a mixed reaction coming in for whatever reason. But um, as soon as the match started. Those fans are fickle. <laughs> Some something happened along the way, and we finally turned them. I think me and my wife just did enough booing, and we finally were able to turn turn the crowd. Yeah. Oh wait, dude, we're burning the lead. How are we even talking about Survivor Series and not talking about our boy Enzo Amore? Dude, I, dude, I, you're, you're jumping ahead is why because I was gonna ask you, how was that? Like, what did how, what did you see from your seat? Did you understand what was happening? Or did you were you close enough that you knew it was him? So what was up okay. with that? I was on the I was on the opposite side of where he was, so I got a pretty good view of what was going on. Like I saw at first, I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy standing on a chair? Like, get this jackass out of here!" And then <laughs> I don't know how the fuck news traveled so fast within the arena, but within the arena, somehow the news got to us and hey, that's Enzo Amore, and we're like, "Holy fuck, is that Enzo Amore?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, look at the arm gestures, look at all the stuff he's doing. Like, that's Enzo Amore." So then the the crowd takes him like, dude. I went back. That's one of the things I did go back to look at. I looked up the the the, the video angle because I wanted to see what the what the feed was like, like the live feed or the the network feed, and they did a really good job of covering. Oh yeah, you you would have had no idea. It, it was to the point where, if if I wasn't on social media and like browsing and and posting like you know stuff. You wouldn't have known what happened. They cut away pretty pretty well on the network. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. But inside the arena, we knew, dude. So naturally, we start chanting, "Let him stay, let him stay." Yeah. And um, and people people are just starting to get crazy because they're kicking him out. And he's making a scene, dude. I, I don't know if you saw that. How many angles of it you got? But he's he was 
fighting it the whole way while they were carrying him out. He was not trying to leave. Dude, he and got so, tackled. The, the 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 female security guard, like she was not playing around. Like she grabbed him, like and just yanked him out. And and it, there's an angle of it on, on the Instagram that I was just like, oh my god, like that. It's crazy. And apparently that was the same security guard. I don't know if you heard this. Uh, was it WrestleMania 33 when uh when Gronk was gonna jump the rail to go get Jinder? Apparently, she was the one that didn't realize that Gronk was part of the show, and she was about to like kill him, like for oh, jumping the guardrail. So yeah, so that know, was the same I one. I didn't know it was yeah. the same one. I didn't know same it was the same one. one. Yeah. But yeah, no, dude, it was definitely a big spectacle, and um, I mean, I'm thankful for it honestly, though, because it distracted from a very, very forgettable uh, the bar uh, versus <laughs> AOP match. Oh, I agree so, with you. Like we, that we, was the highlight of that match was Enzo Amori, and yeah, man, we got a really good angle at it, and um. I don't know if I told you. Well, some of the people that follow me on on uh, on Instagram at Flashback Wrestling on Instagram at FBW Podcast on Twitter, uh, some of the people that follow me got to see that they were giving out free Enzo mer- merch uh, outside the Staples Center. So yes, I, got me a, I a saw that. The, the, I'm doing. Oh, you got the real one. I thought you oh, got no, that. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm doing. See, great. I, see, that's to tell you, I pay attention to your social media because uh, yeah, I saw I saw that. And I was I was pretty jealous. I think he's selling them now, but. Uh, great yeah, design, just, by the way. Just it was, giving them out, bro. They were just giving them out, so I got it. I grabbed me one, and uh, my my wife grabbed one as well. So it was pretty cool, man. It was uh, a a pleasant surprise. We'll put it that way. But it was very entertaining. Uh, it, it was cool. Like I said, it distracted from a horrible match. Uh, dude, I don't. Let's not get too into it because I don't think it's worth getting into that much. But I was very disappointed by Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm a huge so Seth really? Rollins fan. I'm a Nakamura. I'm a Nakamura fan as well. And that match just did not deliver at all man the crowd wasn't into it i wasn't i tried to get into it so mad so much and it just it didn't happen man i I couldn't get into it like i think drew uh the guy you know whose house we saw it at i think he said it best he was like he looked at me right after you know the closing bell and he goes you're telling me there was no dean ambrose involvement in this match at all because and and i understood what he meant because Mm. all they've been doing is building up Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose. You wouldn't even known he was facing Shinsuke Nakamura the way they were building to Survivor exactly. Series. And yeah. then if you're only building Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose, how do you not have him do a run-in or something like that? So exactly. it just it fell flat in in terms of storytelling in that sense. They had a good match per se, like they wrestled great, but yeah, because there was no dynamic to it, it fell flat. Yeah, I agree. It just there was no story behind it. There was no 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 emotional involvement. The fans weren't into it. I was nobody was into it, man. Unfortunately, and that's really disappointing because I'm I'm a big Seth guy. I feel it was one of the top three workers in the company, top ten in the world for sure. Uh, so I thought there'd be a little more there. So I was I was definitely disappointed. Were they the uh, LVPs of the night? Yeah, they were, dude. <laughs> no. Absolutely. On that night, I think they had to be. Uh, it's between them and Rousey. Um, <laughs> Hey, we got a couple of haters on our podcast. <laughs> Enzo's the MVP, though. Enzo's the MVP yeah, for that one. He's yeah, got he's... balls, man. He's got balls. Yeah, he does. Even, yeah, even and if Tommy Dreamer wants to post that, uh, you know, ECW did it first. ECW had a good working relationship with WWE, Tommy Dreamer. So that's a little different. Exactly. That's awesome, though, man. Uh, I no. kind of thought the Enzo thing was a work, but since it was during the match, it like kind of made me wonder. Like, no, it's absolutely not right. Oh yeah, because yes. he's going to challenge for the tag team titles, right? In the cast, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Bring back big cast. We need to Bigger get cast. cast. Bigger cast. He's gained yeah. a little bit of weight since he left. Yeah, a lot of weight. He's he's bulking, a little right? lot of weight. 
I'm just trying not to bury him the same way you buried Andre. So I'm just trying to keep my tone. Big Cass has been hitting them. Big Cass has been hitting them. Big Max, dude, for sure. (laughs) Big Cass is a little upset after being released. You can tell. (laughs) Yeah, he's not living his best life right now. Uh, But yeah, man. Yeah. My favorite match of the night was definitely uh, Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar. I wasn't expecting. Really. Yeah, I I'm a I'm a I'm a Daniel Bryan mark, and this is a match that I've wanted to see for years. Everybody's wanted to see for a long time. And I was really curious at how they were going to do it, how they were going to make it believable. Or yeah, versus and I heel. Like we talked about that on our la- on the last podcast. We we're like, how the hell are they going to do that match and still protect Daniel Bryan's character? He they, just turned heel. Exactly. And they booked it the perfect way, I feel like. I feel like they did it the perfect way. Daniel's doing this, you know, almost Bob Backlund-ish. You know, yeah, so I like, like I like that comparison, that, that, you know, that like Bob detached, Backlund character. Kind of like yeah. the detached, crazy – you know what I'm saying? He's laughing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's laughing during the match. He's laughing after the match. Like, I don't know. I, I'm into it. It's interesting. It's different. It's a different side of Daniel. I feel like heel Daniel's great. Is that Daniel's one of those guys? Perfect example. One of those guys for like, he was cool. He got over as a heel, and then you made him a babyface. And as a babyface, I love him. He's a great wrestler, great worker, but he's super cheesy. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so, <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with. And so, I, I agree and with so you. Him, 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 him reverting back to a heel persona, I feel like will make him just a little, gives him a little bit more of an edge and, and, and work as Daniel Bryan with an edge, I think is a better worker is more aggressive. He's a more natural heel. He's a more natural heel. And a lot of people might be like stunned to hear that, but he is so witty, like with his jokes and stuff like that. So he just is a sarcastic heel works better for him. But one thing, one thing I wanted to ask, did you notice uh, in the, an arena? Because something I commented on while we were watching, Brock Lesnar was selling his ass off for Daniel yes, Bryan in that match. Yes, he was. And you know what? My my wife mentioned mentioned that too. <laughs> she was just like, "Wow, does he like respect Daniel Bryan?" I'm like, <laughs> yeah, to. that's the word I used. I was like, he has to respect Daniel Bryan because he's trying he to make him to look like a million Daniel bucks. Bryan. He's putting him over. He really was, dude. Because by the end of that match, uh, that match was perfectly paced perfectly you know what i'm saying like laid out it's brock dominating you get across the fact that he's a monster you get across the fact that he had, had he wanted to end the match after that f5 he could have and so anything that happens after that is you know what i'm saying you have an out for him you have you protected him you gave him that i already won the match i'm just fucking around so if i get caught up at this point it's because of that um so Can you I, describe I like- that moment in the arena when brian hits the knee and then Brock pops out at the two count. We, I thought he had it, dude. We all thought he had it. We were literally like the arena popped because like it was one of the most big, the, the biggest like oh like the disappointments because we all <laughs> thought that we, we all thought he had it. I thought it was it was done. I was like, no, they really let Daniel beat him right before <laughs> going to UFC, and then he doesn't do it. But I feel like that's the next best thing to actually beating him. You took him to the limit, bro. Like. He, he he chopped him down a couple, yeah. a couple of times. He like you know he got his offense in on him. I thought that Brock Lesnar sold his ass off last year for AJ Styles, but this year he did so much more for Daniel Bryan. Like he sold it to the point where like I'm like Daniel Bryan's gonna win this match. I'm like yeah. he's going to win this match. That's the yeah, way I'm- it came across, and it's very obvious. One thing I will never say. I can be critical of Brock Lesnar and his schedule and things like that. I will never say that Brock Lesnar puts on a bad match. when, Especially when he, you know he wants to put his opponent over. Brock Lesnar is one of the best workers in the business. He's a, he's a beast. He's a natural athlete. And he's yeah. sold everything Daniel Bryan gave him. Daniel Bryan was able to give it right back. You could tell that 
you know, Daniel Bryan was willing to hit Brock Lesnar and Brock Lesnar respected that and said, okay, since, you know, you're willing to hit me, I'm going to sell for you. Yeah. He was willing to hit and be hit, dude. Some of those exactly. suplexes were, were, were nasty. Even Brutal. in the arena, people were worried for him, man. So that, that was my favorite match because it surprised me. Uh, obviously, I enjoyed the the melee that was the, the five man elimination tag team match. That one was pretty fun. I didn't think Shane was gonna was gonna be down to hit a couple of uh or, or hit one of the the coast to coast and then get tackled out of his or get clothesline out of his fucking shoes by Braun on the second one. That was awesome. Seeing Ray was a uh, uh, you know fulfilled a, a lifelong dream, a childhood dream of mine. I got to see Ray Mysterio work, you know, so that was cool. The Miz is over as fuck i don't know why he hasn't been the world champion in the last year um it was just a good match dude. it was a, it was a, it was a fun match it was a fun night uh, the, the shane mcmahon elbow spot that was in the arena it looked so clean it, he, right. it was one of the best ones he's hit um it and was mind you good. we saw the one off the hell in a cell um so i mean people you know we talked about this during the event right brandon we talked yeah. that people don't give shane mcmahon enough credit I, all over the internet on, on reddit and things like that people are always like oh aj styles is facing shane mcmahon at wrestlemania oh that's gonna be a shit match and i'm like what shane mcmahon are you talking about because every time i've seen him he works his ass off best in the king world. of the ring king of the ring 2001 dude that's when it that's the, that was the turning point from 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 king of the ring 2001 shane mcmahon from that point forward with kurt angle puts him over without you know what i'm saying without losing to him um, Kurt Angle makes him that night, man, and he earns all his stripes that night. And from that point forward, he's at my full respect. And I've always looked at every Shane McMahon match, with the exception of Crown Jewel, obviously, as, as you know, what I'm saying like a, <laughs> as, as a treat, really, because Shane's Shane's a good worker uh, for for being a McMahon and for being a guy that's not, a, you know, a there you go for being a McMahon. I think that's why people hate on him because I think they just think, oh, he's a boss's son, so he gets slotted in, and it's like. That may be true, but if he wasn't as good a performer as he is, I don't think he would have stayed in those storylines or they would have trusted no, him to do ma the matches not. that he's done. Exactly. No, Shane Shane was was very, very instrumental in that match and making it entertaining. Like I said, I, I enjoyed it. I Once I was there, I enjoyed Survivor Series a lot for what it was, for, for the entertainment aspect. I was able to let myself, you know what I'm saying, enjoy not not mark out about everything or not be such a smart about everything and not you know be so critical and i had a really good time man so it, that's it was awesome man that's awesome man like like i said i mean i'm jealous because you know it just seemed like such a good weekend uh but you know i do i do want to thank you because man it was so exciting that like every time every time you were giving me updates on the event you're like i can't wait to be on your podcast so i could tell people about it you know this is cool you don't get to talk about current events a lot so Man, that's it's so awesome that you joined us on our podcast and Brandon barely spoke. So I mean, it just all in it's all, perfect. this is gonna. I'm very thankful for you being on the podcast. Yeah, one one of your finer episodes, I'd say. <laughs> exactly, yes. Brandon. Any closing thoughts before you know we have to bid farewell to Wesley here? Yes, Wesley. Uh, will the Lakers make the playoffs? Absolutely, they will, dude. We're just going through some growing pains right now. We're learning how to play with LeBron, but Kuzma's a beast, dude. He's already showing it. Josh Hart, Josh the Hitman Hart, has already improved leaps and bounds from last year. He might be the most improved player in the league this year. LeBron's just putting on an autopilot right now. As soon as we get into the playoffs, he's going to turn into a beast again. <laughs> wow. All Brandon, right. Maybe I should see. specify, but I don't know if you yeah. realize this is a Kenny for your thoughts wrestling podcast. Oh, sorry. So any. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a, I do. 
I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm, I got a lot of fucking info on a lot of different things. You want to turn oh, yeah, into a Kenny for your thoughts basketball podcast? I'm down. You want to turn into a Kenny for your thoughts football podcast? I'm your Swiss Army knife of podcasting and and and, and talking, bro. Trust me, uh, yeah, I got all you. Right. I don't, know, so, I don't know if Brandon thought he was going to stump me with that last one. No, 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 no. I think, I wanted, I think he I did. I think he did. I think he tried to catch you off guard, and, no, and you had I, the answer for him. I know you knew your stuff, man. That's why I had to ask you. Like, what, so, you know what you felt. Yeah, no, dude, I'm, that, this is Laker country, baby. We bleed <laughs> purple and gold out here. So before we go off air, guys, I will say I want one thing from the both of you. Brandon, you first. <laughs> Give me your best Vince McMahon impression. <laughs> We're going to put on a good show this week. And I want Apollo Creed to come out and chicken jive <laughs> Star Truth. And then I want the New Day to come out and smear pile over each other. And I tell you what, the ratings are going through the roof. Or you're fired. Nice, nice. That's a good Vince. Dude. I like that one. I like that one. But I think it probably would have been more like some uh, some along the lines of, God damn it, he's shaking and jiving wrong. Who taught him how to shake and jive? <laughs> but hey, hey, but it was a pleasure to be on the uh, Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast. <laughs> you hear that? That that the vitriol, that just right from the throat. I love yeah. it. Oh, we saved the best impression for last. So thank you for that, Wesley, man. I, I don't even want to end this episode because it's been so awesome talking current events. We might might have to do this again. I've been on your podcast multiple times, so you could probably jump on ours again. Hey, man, if I ever have, if I ever have a couple hours, because it seems like that's the only way we do. We either do long form oh, yeah. or no form. But if I ever got right. another couple hours <laughs> someday, dude, we, we, we'll definitely have to re revisit it. Maybe maybe hopefully next time WWE comes through, you'll have another you know, saying live episode or whatever. But hopefully sooner than that. Um, Cause it was fun, bro. I definitely enjoyed. I definitely enjoyed coming on. And I, I told you I don't talk much current day on my stuff. I try to sneak it in here and there, but my podcasts go off the rails along. Uh, you know, what I'm saying enough as it is. So I try to just keep the current day out of it. Cause or else I'll be talking forever, as you can see. So I was. It was. <laughs> no, I was man. really happy appreciate to be on, man. I, I appreciate you having me on. Hey, thank you so much, man. And like, like I said, I'm so happy this was a longer episode because it's just, it's just so much fun talking wrestling with you and. Uh, I, I always love that you always have, you know, an explanation for things and, and a different point of view. So if guys, if you haven't checked out Wesley's podcast yet, please do. Like I said, he does talk about yesteryears and it's an awesome podcast that I've been had the pleasure to be a part of three times right now. Um, so that is flashback wrestling. Uh, Wesley, where can you catch that? You can find us on iTunes. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us at wrestlingexaminer.com. WrestlingTheExaminer.com has a lot of my articles on it too. If you guys ever want to check those out, there some of them are pretty long. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, if you guys have a fucking uh, a wait at the DMV or at a fucking doctor's office or something, then maybe you <laughs> might want to check one of those out. Is they're fucking they are they are a lot, dude. Some of them are three thousand words. Some of them are five thousand words. So I think one of them might even be like a seven thousand word one, yeah. the one on Ric Flair one. So I got a lot to say sometimes. So I mean, if you guys got some time to kill, then you know ch check one out of uh, the articles. But if not, you know just check out one of the podcasts. Because obviously Kenny's been on one. Brandon's been on. I mean, Kenny's been on a couple now. You said three, right? Yeah. Uh, Brandon's been on one. Um, I have some pretty special guests, uh, some pretty cool guests that come on and talk some some wrestling with me. So yeah, check it out, man. Flashback Wrestling. Follow my social media uh, at Flashback Wrestling on Instagram at FEW Podcast on Twitter, and you know let me know what you guys think, man. Because I, the fans have become a real big part of my show now, dude. Um, so it's 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 real cool that to, to get a lot of feedback. I'm getting a lot of feedback from them, and they make my show real good. 
Speaking of feedback, Brandon, I'm going to expect a book report from you on that Ric Flair article, uh, 7,000 words, by on my desk by the end of this week. So, boy. so boy, you need I to learn to how to read, right? 7, yeah. words. Dang it. No, no, yeah, you have to write at least five thousand words. Okay, but definitely, definitely check that article out. I've checked out some of your articles; they're they're absolutely amazing. I uh, hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving, and I want to thank y'all for listening to episode eleven of the Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast. Thanks again, Wesley. Thank you, Wes. All right, dude. Yeah, man. Welcome right. on, Rousey, bro. <laughs> <laughs>